0: This is the Secrets We Share podcast, a show about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the left and rights of mental health care in Australia. Here's your host, Francis Carlton.
1: Welcome to Secrets We Share, brought to you by Secret Keeper Counselling, where we talk all things mental health with clients and clinicians. There may be tears, laughter, learning, profanity, and maybe some triggers, so you've been warned. Now make yourself a cuppa, sit back and relax as I speak to Rebecca and she shares a few of her secrets. Welcome, Rebecca.
2: Hi, glad to be here.
1: Thank you for coming today. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I... Grew up in Adelaide many, many years ago. It feels like a long time ago now. Uh, but I've been in Canberra now for, oh, must have been nearly 30 years. And uh, I love it. I love it in Canberra. It's been a very interesting journey. I started off, I was just reminiscing with my little six year old nephew the other day about he wants to be an eye doctor or a scientist or something. And just how many different options he has. Whereas me as a girl at six, if I can remember back that far, it was like, oh, you're going to be a teacher or a nurse or whatever. And I remember mum saying, you don't have to do that. You can do whatever you like. Pretty sure I am now. is not where I thought I would be when I was six, but I love it. So I live with my cat, Blizzard. Uh, well, I suppose she lets me live with her. Yes. Uh, my sister lives with me and she's just a, she's engaged now and is going to get married soon, For assuming we can get him over from the United States. We're just about to move into the... To a new house. Um, I just started a brand new career a couple of years ago, right from the bottom again in my mid-40s, always fun to start from scratch. But hey, it was interesting and I'm loving it. So never expected to be where I am now, but I'm loving every minute of it. So you mentioned
1: you mentioned just briefly you didn't expect to be where you are now. So what's going, what's, what's happening?
2: Well, when I was in my, when I finished my degree in my early 20s, I became a public servant thought that was going to be my calling was my life's work to serve the public and then not so much of my 20 odd years in the public service I loved about 18 of it but the last couple not so much what happened well it's interesting because you don't realize it until afterwards but i just started getting sick a lot now i've got a couple of chronic illnesses in the background i got a, a couple of physical ones and depression has been something i've experienced more than once in my life but it was interesting that I just found myself often getting a migraine, often getting a cold, just feeling crap without real good reason for it. Mm. And then, uh, but, you know, everything was fine. You know, I I was just tired. I was just doing too much. I was just, you know, that, that was my thoughts anyway. And then uh, things started to happen at work. You know, my boss started to call me in a lot about attention to detail or anything else. I started to cancel social engagements. It was pretty much just Toastmasters and work and there was no time for anything else. And then it just, uh, it just got worse and worse and worse until, well, there was a day where my boss told me I yawned too much in the office, that I was too tired. She was gonna stop me doing Toastmasters because it was obviously interfering with my work. Uh, She was gonna stop me doing anything. And that's when I started to realize that something was actually wrong. Mm. Um, feelings of panic, not really realising as feelings of panic, just not wanting to go to work, finding an excuse not to go to work. Anything was a major drama, can't find my keys, complete freak out. Tripped over the cat, complete freak out.
1: So you were completely full emotionally. Yeah. And those little things were tipping you over the edge.
2: Yep. And looking back, if I get myself... Feel like that now? I know. Nope. Got to stop. Got to do something. But when you're in that situation, I couldn't really see my way out. I didn't realize what was going on. Mm. And eventually, it all came to a head when my boss sat down with me and gave me, well, let's call it feedback, and pretty much told me I was useless, um, and I had that I she was going to just essentially put me on a performance improvement plan with the intent that I either got better, or I got sacked. And it was like, what? How did we get here? And I didn't go back to work for three months after that.
1: Okay. How? So you went off sick?
2: So I went off sick. I went to my GP the next day. He was retiring, would you believe? That was his mm. last day in the office. A GP I really liked. He really understood me, really understood my family, he really understood mental illness. He'd had a, a breakdown at work himself. Mm. Um, and I just, yeah. So anyway, we. I was... I started some medication at that point uh, just to try and get myself evened out, just to try and be able to cope. Mm. But I couldn't. Every time I wanted to go back to work or I was thinking about going back to work, it was impossible. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So
1: so you were on stress leave?
2: No, they wouldn't give me stress leave. Okay. Uh, I, was, I had to use my own sick leave and I ran out. Then I had to use my own pers- my annual leave and I ran out. Uh, then I asked for additional paid personal leave and they said no, I'd use too much leave.
1: Was there a reason why they wouldn't let you have
2: stress leave? Uh, they didn't believe that it was work-related.
1: Who's they?
2: The people I work for, I don't know.
1: Right, oh no, 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 absolutely yeah. not. Okay, my understanding is that, that if you're on stress leave from the doctor, you're on stress leave.
2: Yeah, well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? Uh, no. So I, even though my doctor very clearly said it was from work-related stress, uh, the work said no because it was part of a performance discussion. It was not work-related. It was my own problem. So I got very little support from work, um, very difficult. My boss said all the right things but didn't mean them as far as I can work out. Mm. And my boss's boss was the same. Even though she'd had a, a son with a really quite severe mental illness and, and had experienced panic attacks herself so badly taken her to hospital in an ambulance because thought she was having a heart attack, she didn't understand it in me. She thought I was putting it on. Right. Um, even so very
1: unsupportive.
2: No support whatsoever. Yeah. If it hadn't been for my friends and family, I wouldn't still be here. Uh, it got that bad at times. Wow. Um. My GP was great, then he left. Then I got a new GP, he was also great, and then he left because I just had the most amazing run of bad luck with that. But I did also start seeing a counsellor at that time, first okay. time I'd ever actually gone to a, a counsellor. Yeah. Uh, How did that work for you? So I found a really good guy. He really worked me out really quickly and he realised I needed to know the, the whys as well as the everything else. I need mm. to understand what he was doing so I could understand it and do it for myself.
1: Ever the analyst.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if he'd just given me, he needed to help me work my own stuff out uh, in a way that meant I could understand it and go looking for myself because he knew yes. I was going to go looking for myself. Yes. Um, and that was my first real experience with counselling. I, I, mm. I've never, unfortunately, I've never really thought it was any good. I mm. have changed my opinion um, because, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'd seen very mixed results, I guess, and then mm. for me it was great to have a yeah, interested third party who didn't know me and mm. didn't know my situation to give me that objective level of advice because, mm. you know, your family and friends are great, don't get me wrong, uh, without them it would be terrible, but they're, mm. they're not necessarily sometimes what you need. Sometimes you need that little bit extra um, independence, uh, but... You know, I went through, the the counselling was, i got to say, the counselling was a really good part. Toastmasters a really good part. Uh, People at Toastmasters didn't know what was going on with me unless I told them because I was Mm. really good at faking it in that regard. Um, How
1: supportive were the Toastmasters family and the whole whole thing once they found out? They were
2: amazing. That was the one thing that really got me because... I mean, I was the district director, so in charge of a whole bunch of people. People were looking to me for leadership.
1: So district is,
2: Can you just give us a bit yes, of a... Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. So district covers uh, middle of Sydney down to the Victorian border, so that's about, it was about 200-ish clubs at the time of about mm. 20 people each. So mm. broken up into divisions of administrative nature, so I was looking after all of them. Um, I had a team, I had two people working directly for me, um, I guess is the way to put it, volunteering directly for me. Yep. Uh, Peter and John who were amazing because I had to step out at one point. I had to step all the way back. Yeah. I couldn't, I needed to step all the way out and they just stepped in for mm. me. Um, it's a little bit hard to come back and take some of that responsibility back because I am trying to be too protective mm. but that was kind of sweet as well so we worked it out. But they were really open to the conversation. Um, yeah. The thing with Toastmasters, what I really noticed at the time is they were very supportive and very helpful, and I've spoken about it more later. It's Mm. it's a speech I now want to give, and I Mm. can give now. It's taken me a long time to get there, Mm. but the reactions I get when I give that speech, it's good for me, Mm. but it's also good because someone. I mean, after one, I gave a speech about this, and someone came up to me and said, "You know, I had the same thing," and we ended up talking for about three hours, and they just. Somehow what I'd said had touched them in a way that they could open up their own Mm. lock, I guess. They felt really trapped where they were and suddenly something I had said, I I don't know which bit it is and it doesn't even matter, but something I said really triggered something Mm. for them in a really good way and Mm. they were talking about making some changes and we've kept in touch and they've Mm. made some really good changes. So it's nice to have had something really positive.
1: Come out of something so negative? Um, I know I know from my own experience at Toastmasters, when I gave a speech about anger, I had a couple of people afterwards come up to me and go, Oh, it is a thing. So it's 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 a People have this this picture of Toastmasters of it being a bit of a cult. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they really do. Yeah. They really
1: do. But it's it, it it really is quite a supportive environment, and that's actually how we met originally about four or five years ago.
2: That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, I mean, my best friend in the entire world, Kayleen. Yes. Um, without her, I mean, I met her through Toastmasters, and. I miss her terribly now. She's moved to Melbourne.
1: I'll be speaking to her in a couple of weeks Me too. I'm in Melbourne. I'm going to stay
2: with her. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, it's my first real holiday in a very long time too, so it's just all kinds of awesome. But uh, she, you know, I'd seen, it was great to have a friend without judgement. Mm. Like, I mean, I met Kayleen through Toastmasters, but I call her my sister now. Um, mm. The only thing we don't share is genetics. Uh, but she... In her worst hours, I've seen her, she's seen me, and there's no judgement, there's no blame, there's nothing. We've Mm. yelled at each other, we've cried at each other, we've laughed with each other. We don't see each other for six months and we pick up where we left off and that's, you don't have a lot of those people in my life. I I, I just um, feel so, and I don't use the word lightly, blessed Mm. um, to have her in my life. Um, But without Toastmasters, I would never have met her. There's a whole bunch of people I would never have met. Mm. I would never have, I've never had a trouble Never had trouble speaking in public. I quite enjoy it, always have. But to have the forum I've had with Toastmasters to then let me be able to talk about some of the stuff I want to talk about, it's opened doors and it's helped me heal mm. uh, and also teach. Mm. I I never used to like teaching. I never used to like training. Mm. Uh, I used to think if I understand it, why don't you? Mm. Uh, but I've come <laughs> around from that and now I realise that, being able to share and being able to teach some of these things can make not only help me heal but also help other people and Toastmasters has given me a forum for that mm. in a way I would never have expected. But, you know, I've been a to Toastmaster since I was 21 and it's people think it's weird in a lot of ways but it's, it's one of the most positive things in my life. Mm. And even if I go away for a while, take a bit of back sleep, which I'm doing at the moment, take mm. a bit of a rest, still... Going to clubs but not doing a lot of other stuff. Mm. It doesn't matter because it's still there. There's Mm. still people. I can still have fun. Um, But it's really a, if you haven't been, you need to go and find out for yourself, I think is Mm. one of the things with Toastmasters and shopping around for the right club for you. I've just found one in Sydney I go to on occasion that just gives me what I need um, about learning about my speeches and Mm. how to be a better speaker and they're very supportive when I do talk about difficult top subjects mm. or I talk about frivolous subjects or I talk about whatever I feel like. It's mm. great.
1: So it's it's really important to find your people. Yes. Mm.
2: I uh, had no idea. And i got to say, when you go through something like this, you really work out who your people really are.
1: Mm. What I, do your people look like,
2: sound like? <laughs> <laughs> they're a weird and wacky bunch. It's great. <laughs> They're all over the place. It's, it's lovely. I've got, you know, I've got people. And so where I am now, I work with a lot of 19-year-olds. Okay. I feel very old yeah. uh, on a daily basis because I'm generally the oldest person there. Mm. But there's some people there that we get on fantastically. And I've had some very interesting conversations with some of them about their mental health issues or, mm. or whatever because I do get a little bit um, agony aunt, like, mm. at work on occasion being... <laughs> A more mature female, which is fine. It's it's, it's quite humbling, and mm. quite, I feel quite yeah, humbled is the right word for that. Mm. But
1: um, it's a role we slip into quite easily, isn't it?
2: It is. And um, I used to laugh because when mum was around, she used to have random strangers tell them her life story. It's now happening to me. It's now happening to my sister. It's occasionally <laughs> happens to my brother. So it's <laughs> obviously genetic. But I was I was.
1: <laughs> I was in Ikea once looking for a chair and I was sort of sitting, going from chair to chair to chair to, to try them out and this lady started talking to me and then she just kept going and 45 minutes later I was still sat in the same chair with this lady who had no idea who I was from a bar of soap. <laughs> I didn't know her name, she didn't know mine, but I knew all about her son's mental health and autism disorder.
2: Well, yes. <laughs> like sometimes people just need to... Yeah. You just yeah, somehow, do. yeah, knock on that door and it, everything comes out. But. And
1: some people just have talked to me written across yep. their forehead.
2: I think that's me. And that's, yep. As I'm getting a bit grey around my head face, I think it's happening more and more.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know, eh, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's fine. It's nice to... It's almost nice to feel like people trust you, even if they have no idea who you are. Mm. But what are those faces, I guess? But
1: so you said you're no longer in the public service. What are you doing with yourself now?
2: So I'm a team leader on a IT service desk. Okay. Um, so after I, I had to leave the public the public service, and I left each other. Mm. Um, I was having. I ended up being hospitalised for panic attacks and all kinds of stuff. Eventually. Mm. Uh, but that's what I needed to get better and that was fine. Mm. Um, and then I stopped working and then for several months I was not capable of working. My therapist and I were like, no, you cannot go back to work right now. You are not in the right headspace. You will mm. not succeed and I will just, and you know, in the right way, not succeed. It was yeah. a very honest conversation and he, he was completely right. Mm. So I did some study for a while. I'm still doing that online, a bit of adult education and training, I'm um, doing that online. But then I obviously needed money, unfortunately, powerful need to eat on occasion. Um, Yes. Damn shame that, but I... I hear you. Yeah. So I uh, started to look for work. I did a bit of contracting for a few months, uh, doing mainly governance stuff, so taking note, organising meetings and minutes for a government department, but as a contractor. Mm. Did a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings, a lot of answering Mm. of phone calls, that Mm. kind of stuff, which is... Uh, I think Toastmasters really helped because I could actually sell myself being able to take minutes of meetings. Given I've been doing it in Toastmasters and running meetings. Given I've been doing it in Toastmasters and event management. Given I've been doing it in Toastmasters <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So that was really handy.
1: So, do you mind? Do you mind if we just do a quick demo of, what, of one of the things, one of the elements of Toastmasters, sure. which is table topics? So, table topics is short short sharp answers no more than two minutes and you have to answer a question that you've only had a few seconds to really prepare so really 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 good for things like interviews co- running into the ceo in the lift yep. all those wonderful things that we do and we kind of stand there starstruck do, do you want do you want to play by all do, means okay so thinking of a question okay tell me about a brief experience that you had when you were about 13 years of age
2: well 13 was a long long time ago but when i think back that far what i remember being 13 is that was the year i got my first period uh and i remember sobbing like a baby when it happened i don't know why but i remember sobbing and sobbing and sobbing Mm. i remember we just moved to broken hill from adelaide and i just started high school i remember thinking that 13 was a great age i remember discovering that not everything worked like i wanted it to do and i just remember biggest thing I remember was at school making a friend you know having just moved states and everything like that making a friend and then she introduced me to another friend and another friend another friend and going from because I've always found it hard to make friends so mm. going from having no friends to having a whole bunch of friends in about a week and it was the first time that it ever happened to me and I was so excited about it but what I really realized was that 13 is a great age and it was just it was just a great time. And we got our first dog that day in that year and he was lovely and he was bigger than I was. And it was just I just there's no one experience of thirteen. I think thirteen is just such a wonderful age to just be to just be.
1: Brilliant. So that was one minute and ten seconds. Oof, I'd be disqualified. You'd be
2: disqualified in competition. <laughs> <laughs> but you're out of practice. Oh, look, you know. <laughs> Although I did compete last week in a co-op contest and uh, came third, so. Oh, cool. But, you know, there's lights and a big audience, so it's a whole different experience.
1: Yeah, it's a very different. At the moment, you've got a mic right right <laughs> in your face. <laughs> Not quite the
2: same experience. Not quite
1: the same <laughs> No but thank you thank you. So it's a, a really useful little tool that happens in Toastmasters.
2: Oh, look, table topics is possibly one of my most favorite things mm. because you do learn to just answer a question without notice. Mm. So when I started my where I am now, I started as a service desk operator so I was taking calls for people mm. trying to fix their computers and being able to randomly make small talk or try and work out what their actual problem was Mm. is really important because sometimes you've got to wait for stuff to happen. Mm. So it might be a two- or three-minute gap. You don't want to have them on hold with the terrible hold music. Yes. Or just, you know, you've got to find a way to engage. So finding that way to build rapport, Mm. Tabletopic is a really good skill for that. Um, Mm. I remember I was on, we were deconstructing the office. We were about to move. Yep. And... So, and I was one of the last people on a call before we were about to move. They're literally dismantling the desks around me. Mm. There was a storm outside. There was a guy, a, a very senior person on the phone with his uh, executive assistants, trying, I'm trying to help him with his computer. I could barely hear him. He could barely hear me because of all the noise.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: but being able to just be able to go into the zone, I guess, of table topics or just have the conversation with him and just admit. I don't know about you, but there's lots of noise going on. He said, yeah, yeah, what's going on? I said, they're deconstructing our office and the storm. Oh, my God, the storm. So, you know, yeah. a little bit of banter for about 30 seconds mm. made the whole conversation go well. Mm. And uh, they, I, I fixed his problem, which is helpful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's always going to be able to fix the problem. It is. But just giving that 30 seconds while things calmed down around me so I could actually, you know, hear him properly was really quite useful.
1: I've found table topics has been really useful when dating. Okay. Yeah. When you're sat across the table from somebody and you're thinking, I don't know what to say next. <laughs>
2: just pull something out of you. Just, yeah,
1: just, you know, just make it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. At every so I will get someone just uh, walk up and say something at work, oh, hi, Rebecca, how you going, blah, blah. and you're like, I really don't want to talk to anyone. That's okay. Let me just put on Tabletopics face and yeah. do something there.
1: Yeah. Well, let me tell you about why blue is my favourite colour. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just a few little snippets like that, yeah. Like I said, it's good working for an IT company as a nerd because there's nearly always something nerd-related I can talk about. But Yes. it's quite handy. And yes. Unlike previous jobs where uh, people have gone, you play computer games, right? Mean, Yes, and I have for most of my life. I mm. was a subculture, now I'm just a culture. Yes. <laughs> and like when I was um, contracting for that nine months, they people really thought I was weird because I would do gaming. Now where I am now, they're like, oh, you don't do gaming? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice to be amongst my own
1: people. Yeah, yeah, finding your people. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier on that your therapist really got you. How important do you think your relationship with him and how, sorry, how important did that play a role in your therapeutic process?
2: Trust is the important part there Mm. and someone who gets me meant that I was more likely to trust mm. for me. And trust was really hard to come by just then. That was really mm. tough. Mm. Uh, so he could get me and get me involved in a way that was really important. So for me it was it was critical if I hadn't had that. Mm. If, if I got a therapist who didn't get me, who didn't understand and didn't mm. modify based on what I needed on any given day, uh, I don't think I would have... Um, I wouldn't have kept going.
0: Mm.
2: I, there was a couple of times where I used the employee assistance program as a top-up, I guess, because I couldn't see my therapist. Mm. That never went as well. I never felt mm. comfortable. Mm. Uh, admittedly, it was like one-shot things, but, yep. you know, it was a particularly bad day when I got some particularly bad news. And so, you know, used the, the phone call uh, option. Uh, and I didn't feel much better afterwards. Mm. A little bit, I guess, but I didn't mm. feel... I didn't feel dismissed, but I didn't feel understood either. Mm. So I really needed someone who understood me um, and was prepared to work with me, at, give me a nudge but not force me too fast because looking back now, after a few years,
0: mm. um,
2: if I'd been pushed too fast, I that would have been too much.
0: Yep. Um,
2: things got really bad and there were days where I couldn't see a way out. Mm. Um I always found a way out Mm. but there were days where that was harder than others and if I hadn't had my therapist there, generally it was pretty good because generally the really bad days were days I would have therapy anyway. It's almost like, not, not quite like I got into a rhythm but... Occasionally, I could also ring up and say, can I be squeezed in? And he'd nearly always be able to squeeze me in too, mm. even if it was just for a 15-minute quick fix. So It's yep. cool little top-ups, little quick fixes. Yeah. Um, or even just talk to me on the phone. Um, yep. He's still one of my LinkedIn contacts. Okay. Which is a really unusual thing, but I haven't seen him for a couple of years now, but we connected on on that level as well, on a professional level as well as a do you
1: or. do you still check in with a therapist every now and then just to, as a bit of a top up?
2: I haven't for a while because I haven't felt the need. Um, but sometimes I think I should. But he's now moved on, and I I, I feel like I don't want to I don't have to start from scratch. Yeah. And while I think it probably would be beneficial some days, some days I also think that. It would just be too hard, so I haven't. Mm.
1: But you don't have to go back to that 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 time. It's what's going on for you now, and having that sort of that independent view of what's happening now. They don't need to know all the history.
2: No, they don't necessarily. But yeah, I don't don't know. I just haven't. Mm. I just haven't. I guess is really my only answer. I just haven't. (laughs) There, I mean, work has a good plan if I wanted to go down that path and just. The assistance program, but yeah, and look, money is also a factor.
0: Mm. Um,
2: I'm earning a lot less than I used to. Yeah, um, I'm just about to sell my apartment uh, and stuff like that because I just can't afford it anymore, which is, is mm. kind of the last bit I'm hanging on to from that experience is that last bit of you forced me to sell my home. Mm. And I haven't quite, that's really hard to let go of yeah. uh, and I haven't managed to do so yet mm. and maybe I never will and maybe that's okay, but... Mm. And now I've got to the at least I've got to the point where my former boss actually feels sorry for her now, rather than angry with her. I feel like she's missing out on a lot, not understanding. I don't think even if I could sit down with her like this and tell her what she did, I don't think she'd understand it. And I don't think that's um, I think that's a bit sad that she misses out on Mm. part of humanity, I guess, understanding of people. Mm. Um, I'm not saying everybody you know you have to get everybody, but I just think she just missed the mark so much with with me and I wasn't the only one, that mm. I don't, it just, uh, you yeah, know, part of me, I'm, I, I like to fix stuff. Mm. It makes me good at being an IT guy, girl, whatever, mm. but it also makes it really hard to let stuff go In mm. sometimes. Uh, something I've had to learn is perfection is not necessarily important. Mm. Good enough is actually good enough. Mm. But um, I like to be able to fix things and I don't like, and I don't feel like I've ever had any proper closure in that situation with that person, and I don't think I ever will, and I don't think I can. Mm. But part of me would like to have it anyway, just to. Do you think
1: you're able to give yourself closure by allowing yourself to let it go?
2: I think I've got really close.
1: Mm.
2: I just don't know if that, there's a, that last little bit left. I just don't know. Mm. I'd like to say yes. Mm. I'm certainly in a much better place than I used to be. Mm. My work has been really, really hectic lately, like frantically busy, doing long hours, all that stuff. But my health hasn't suffered.
0: Mm. Um,
2: Like my diabetes is still fine. Uh, Yeah, okay, so I mean some sleepless nights where I've dreamt about work. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) But there's also been recognition at work. So I recently got an award at work which recognised all my hard work.
1: Oh, fantastic. What was the
2: award? Uh, It's just called a gold award. So they have bronze, silver and gold. Yep. And you have to be nominated by your peers. And Amazing. I was, I can't even think of the right word. Um, and I cried when I got the award because <laughs> I was just, it has been a long time since I felt so valued at work. Mm. Um, when I actually sit back and it, it triggered a bit of a reflection about everything. Mm. And when I thought back, the last time I felt that valued at work was probably 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, I just hadn't felt that. And I don't need... Big praise all the time, although you know I'm not going to say nice. no. Yeah. But just realizing that enough people felt that I'd done enough work to actually bother to put their their hand up and write a nomination to get awarded, and then the um, the most senior person at our location ran into me uh, a couple of days later. He said, "It's a highlight of my week giving you that award last week. I knew how much you'd how hard you'd worked for it." I went, oh. "It's just." And it's genuine. It's not mm. that fake. Oh, everything's wonderful.
1: Mm. So, as a team leader, your team nominated you for a gold award, and then your boss said it was the best thing all week.
2: Pretty much. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's amazing.
2: Yeah, and it was. Um, how does? What, wasn't just my team. Apparently, it was other people around yeah. the business
1: too. So, how does that sort of fit in with this? This story that you had about yourself a while ago, that this other chick had given you,
2: it just it's it's very uh, validating. It's close enough, I think, is the right word. Yeah, because I knew I was good at my job, mm. but she put in so much doubt. Mm. So much doubt. When I doubted my value as a human being. Yeah. Now I'm like, no, actually, I am good at my job. Mm. I have always been good at my job. Other people other people's opinion is still important to me. It's never not gonna be. Mm. But it doesn't have to define me anymore. Mm. There's now proof that I actually do know what I'm doing and people actually appreciate me. Mm. The difference between proper recognition and lip service to recognition is mm. amazing. I can't even I make sure that my team know what I if I think they're doing a great job or if I think they need a bit of a Polish, mm. as I like to call it. I've got one guy who's just come back. and I, he's It's so much
1: polish. nicer having a polish,
2: <laughs> polish. Than, a,
1: than a performance <laughs> uh, <right>. review.
2: <laughs> I think it's a better way of putting it. He's a great guy. He just needs a bit of finessing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just and a bit of a shine.
2: And, uh, you know, just a little. And I'm a big fan of a light touch often rather than a, you know, just to stretch this polished metaphor, nice gentle rubbing every so often rather than (laughs) a really big scrubbing every so every month. I I much prefer that as a way to go. Um, Yeah. And that's what I get at work. You know, my boss is very good at that. And Mm. I try and pass that on to my team so they know what's going on. So leading in a way that you like to be led. Exactly.
0: Mm. I
2: hate being micromanaged.
0: Mm. Um,
2: It's interesting with a group of People whose ages range—I think my team ages range from 19 to 30. Mm. So, and with very different life experiences, isn't that great? No, yeah. So, some of them are a bit different than others. So, some need a bit more of a need a bit more coaching College. and, and <laughs> yes, and a bit more leading. And some I could just leave to their own yeah. devices and just bring back in. But it's mm. um, it's fun to watch them grow too. Mm.
1: It sounds like what you're doing now is a lot a lot more rewarding than your last role.
2: It really is. The, I wouldn't never, ever, ever, ever have thought I would have been on a service desk. Uh, never thought I would have been in IT. That was always my brother and my sister. So that's just amusing.
0: Mm. Never thought
2: I'd been in the private sector. Mm. Uh, so all of these things. But it's uh, a great company I work for with great. Corporate social responsibility, great support for their people, genuine support for people.
1: Do you want to give them a shout out? Because you certainly can.
2: Sure, it's Datacom Systems. They're one Datacom of the Datacom Systems. Yeah, they do a lot yeah. of work for a lot of. I work in the public sector area, yep. so I'm still in touch with the public sector. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we support a number of government departments mm.
0: across
2: Australia and New Zealand. And some other places mm. that I should know off the top of my head. But um, it
1: sounds like it sounds like they really support you as a member of staff as well.
2: They're really supportive in general. So we, one of our guys, is having some terrible problems with his neck, and you know he's in, he's in, hasn't been out of work for six weeks. Mm. There's no consideration of terminating. It's just we'll keep his job open for him when he can come back. Mm. He's just got to keep in touch with us so we know what's going on. So we yeah, do. and then when he comes back. Will we need to make any adjustments for him. How can we help him out? Mm. Um, I didn't expect that. Uh, mm. A lot of the the red tape I'm used to in the public sector just doesn't exist. Yeah. Or if it does, it's it's just a light red, and it's, it's easier to cut through.
1: It's more of a pinky yeah. shade of white, really, isn't it? <laughs>
2: it? I mean, the company's big enough that there is still has to be some red tape. But yeah, uh, it's a case of uh, it's the red. You know, we can cut through the red tape. Mm. And if necessary, my boss is happy to be the blunt instrument I use to do that. You, go yeah. do that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good. But it makes a huge difference to to have a company that actually cares. So mm. we had a, an awards night last Thursday for the whole annual awards night for the whole of the of the region. Mm. And the chief executive, uh, chief operating officer was in Melbourne, flew to Sydney, came to Canberra just to meet with clients, came to Canberra just for our awards night, flew back to Sydney and then flew back to Melbourne wow just she just and she spoke for like two minutes of the awards night uh, because she wanted to come to to show support
1: so it actually meant so much to her that she put all that effort in to be there for two minutes speech Yeah,
2: pretty much and it makes it wow. that makes a huge difference uh,
1: well it's being led from the top
2: and she has some mm. amazingly funny and silly stories to tell which is great <laughs> too so some really good stuff there and Maybe she, I could talk to her. <laughs> she's just a nice person mm. um, and she's very supportive of, like she's got young children mm. and she's very supportive of people working from home and to look after mm. their kids. And she tells a great story when she was on a call with a whole bunch of that sort of board-level executive mm. and her little daughter comes on and says, my mom pretends to work all day but actually she talks about, she watches Toy Story with me <laughs> <laughs> in front of all of her, you know, C-level peers.
1: <laughs> Rumbled by the five-year-old. Yeah.
2: So, and so later on she gets a call from this, uh, message from the CEO saying, if you can tear yourself away from Toy Story, I'd like it. <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of uh, friendly family environment that's there. It's, it
1: sounds wonderfully collegial.
2: It's, it's a nice change. I've mm. always felt, I know, in the public sector I had that too, but towards the end it was very much dog eat dog. Mm. everybody out for themselves, mm. oh, we're downsizing, we're right-sizing, no, we don't need this job anymore, no, we don't need this mm. job anymore. Um, and every, I felt like everybody was just, it just became everybody out for themselves mm. or certainly where I felt, that's where I felt it was with my area mm. um, and that's just, doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not healthy, it doesn't work mm. um, and people get sick and leave
0: mm. uh,
2: or just leave or, you know. All of the above. We've had, you know, some terrible stuff there. But
0: mm.
2: you know, when people here get sick, they rally around, um, we support, we help. Mm. You know, it was my boss's birthday, and they people went out last night for drinks. I didn't because <laughs> my bung knee. But uh, yeah. you know, that's the kind of I'm not used to socializing with my workmates and enjoying it. it mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, outside of the the yeah. let's go to work lunch. Mm. Um, but I love it. And then, and,
1: then, and then we're going to talk about work stuff for the whole of work lunch anyway.
2: Yeah. It's happens <clears throat> remarkably often. But, yes, it's it's amazing to be able to, because of these people, my friends, not just my workmates. Um, and the age mm. variation is sometimes I feel 100 years old at work. Sometimes mm. they call me grandma. Not very often. That doesn't get away with it very often. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, and only occasionally do I need to get revenge for that. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's uh, it, the age difference doesn't feel very big. My sister works on the desk in a different mm. team, obviously. That would be mm. wrong for her to work for me. Mm. Um, you know, that's not often you can have, say your sister works with you and you're not killing each other on a daily basis. So yeah. it's pretty good with that too.
1: But it sounds like things have really improved for you.
2: Oh, look, where I was at the end of 2016 was a bad place. I didn't mm. see it was horrible. Now I feel happy mm. like you know most yeah uh, yeah, okay there's stuff going on yeah there's been some ups and downs this year I've, there's been some horrible times this year but in context now there's a better mm. context i used to call it my stress cup would be full like we said before you know yeah. it's full you got nothing left my stress cup's not full every day anymore mm. it's it's there's always room for a, a bit extra mm. if i need to so um when something does happen yeah i might react i'm not it's amazing, you know, anxiety and depression don't go away. Mm. Uh, they can get better, but I might react, but I get over it. Mm. Whereas in the past I wouldn't necessarily, the getting over it part would take forever. Yeah. So, you know, just and just understanding that irrational bursts of anger are, is actually anxiety would have been yep. nice to have known in my early 20s. Yes. Um, <laughs> but now when that happens, I know what it is and I can, I've now got little strategies in place to stop it becoming yep. overwhelming. And yep. in the... Every self and one will sneak through. Yeah. And that's okay because then my sister knows what to do to calm me down.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It sounds like you're in a really good place. What are you doing, apart from gaming mm. and Toastmasters, which you're having a bit of a break from, what else do you do to keep yourself occupied outside of work and self-care and nurture?
2: So the biggest thing for me mm. is the weekends where I do nothing. Yeah. I actually have, actually have weekends where I relax. Mm. Cause I'm the kind of person who forgets to say no. Yep. So one of the biggest things I've learned through this entire thing is it's okay to say no. Mm. Mm. Um, so someone suggested mm. something for this afternoon, for example, and I said no. Mm. I need this weekend needs to be about um, doing very little. Also, need to keep off my knees as much as possible, and that's my knees appreciating that. Yep. But also just. Going, it's okay to say no, I actually don't want to, I just wanna relax and chill and do nothing this weekend. Mm. So we had all these like we were gonna do stuff on the house, we we're gonna do this, we we're gonna do that this weekend, which I didn't want to do, but you know, responsibility. Mm. But then when my brother my brother's not well, so he said, Oh, let's put it off, I went, perfect. Mm. And just chilled.
0: Mm. And
2: best thing. So for me, finding time to do nothing
0: mm.
2: is actually so important. Mm. Like Toastmasters gives me great joy and pleasure. I enjoy my gaming, I enjoy my study, I enjoy my work. But there are times where I would like to turn that all off and just binge watch something on Netflix, which Mm. is what I've been doing this weekend.
1: What are you watching at the moment?
2: I'm re-watching Game of Thrones at the moment because I'm reading the books. I'm trying to have the books and I'm trying to keep the series and the book up at about the same time. I've given up on that, it's too hard Mm. because the books (laughs) are so much more detailed and uh, full. Yeah. Just rewatched Castle. I like to rewatch Castle every so often. Yeah, I
1: like Castle.
2: Um, and then every so often I'll just watch a random show, just for fun. Uh, I want to watch Stranger Things again, but I have to be in the right frame of mind for that one. It's, mm. it's a bit more scary. But I really enjoy just being able to just occasionally just go right, leave my contacts out, turn my iPad on, binge watch whatever I feel like, mm. snuggle with a cat in a cuppa.
1: My rewatch binge is is Buffy.
2: Yeah, I did that too. I haven't <laughs> done it for a while, but, yeah, I haven't done Buffy for a while.
1: Yep, but yep. I do like a, a few episodes of Buffy just to soothe the soul.
2: There's a few <laughs> other uh, I quite like, Firefly, mm. and so there's one, of Janestown and Firefly. If I just want a one-shot stupid episode, I just watched that one mm. just for the amusement value, a bit of light humour. Mm. Go away and have a bit of fun. I like
1: it. I'm very surprised that Firefly didn't do better. So it's great. such a it's such a innovative show.
2: Such a great show. Uh, Cowboys
1: in space. What can like go wrong?
2: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and uh, just so much fun. Mm. And but it was interesting because actually take, when you actually watch the episodes and you look, there's actually quite a lot of deeper meaning in there. It's just mm. like a lot of sci-fi, they deal with a lot of deep stuff, but mm. in a fun way. Mm. But yeah, it was, was very
1: it was a very irreverent show. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> I love the irreverence. Yes. Yeah, it didn't take itself seriously
2: at all. Exactly right, and I think that was why it was so successful, personally. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, it's always good when a show doesn't take it itself a bit seriously. Mm. But, mm. Yeah.
1: So just, just before we head off, um, what does what does the future look like for you now?
2: You now I don't know, and it doesn't bother me anymore. Mm. Um pretty happy with my job, although I, I can see myself wanting to move on to something different in the next year mm. or two. Well, I think staying in the company, I really enjoy the company, but mm. so I'm sort of thinking now where would be my next job? I don't want to go yet, but let's think about where I want to go and start positioning myself for that. Um, doesn't hurt. I've got a lot of, you know, having just gotten award, i got a lot of people talking to me at the moment, so it's always good to scope about a bit of info.
1: Mm. Um, well, there's potentials there.
2: That's right, and it's great. Um, mm. Just made a... New con, someone I just came into a new role that I'll be working with closely, and we get on fabulously. So, gee, I'm going to sort of pick her brains as well. Mm. Um, so, moving into a new old house. Um, we inherited a house, we're moving back into it. So, moving mm. to that shortly. Apart from that, I don't know, and that's okay. I'm mm. kind of looking forward to the adventure.
1: Mm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for speaking to me, Rebecca. Thank you. No worries. As always, thank you for letting us into your space. I'd like to thank Rebecca, my guest, for sharing her secrets today. Thanks to Nick, my podcast guy and sound guru, for doing what he does. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening, subscribing and rating us. That does actually really help. And thank you so much for the wonderful reviews so far if you have a secret to share that you'd like to hear like to share please hit me up with an email via our website secretkeepercounseling.com.au and don't forget there'll be patreon uh, bonuses available for those patreon patrons speak to you soon stay well
0: Thank you for listening to Secrets We Share. If you're interested in sharing some of your secrets, please visit our website at secretkeepercounseling.com.au. Keep an ear out for our next episode soon.